Okay, if you have your Bibles this morning, Psalm 107, the power of the Psalms. Now, let me just take just a minute. Uh, the, the Psalms written primarily, we think of who wrote the Psalms. Can somebody tell me who wrote the Psalms? Give me a ballpark right here. Okay, uh, that's the natural word, David. David wrote a lot of the Psalms, a majority of them, but Asaph wrote some Psalms, and there's some we don't know who wrote them, uh, but, but they're sort of attributed to David, and all of them are on the tone that David set with Psalm 1 and various Psalms that are there. If you could picture David sitting with a sheep, Psalm 23 is sort of the, uh, uh, the picture that you get from the Psalms. And there's power in the Psalms if we study them the right way. If we look at the Psalms from a perspective of sitting on a rock, watching the herd, the, the flock, and protecting them, trusting the Lord to help us do a good job of protecting the flock, but yet also trusting the Lord to speak to our hearts and keep us strong. Why? David's alone. And he's by himself. He's doing his job, but he's alone. And being alone is uh, something that plays on all of our hearts. Does anybody know the state has the highest per capita suicides in the winter? You want to take a guess? Alaska, you're right. Big wines, you may know why? Because it's always dark. In the summertime, it's always light. But in the wintertime, about eight months a year, it's dark. The sun just gets up a little bit and goes right back down. You get a little bit of dusk, and it goes back dark. It's very difficult to live in an environment where there's no sun, where uh, you can't get out, really. You can't feel like you can get out and play ball in the afternoon, or you can't walk together uh, it's dark, it's cold, everybody's inside, and so you, you feel alone. Well, the, the, the Psalms are written to give us power, even though we're not alone, but we feel alone. David figured it out. That's reason Psalm 23. I love to go through that Psalm about every five years because it ha it's so rich in encouragement for someone that's alone. And so the Psalms are that way. Maybe you're married uh, and you have five children, but there are times when we all feel alone. Maybe it's a discouragement. Uh, maybe it's a bill we didn't count on. Um, maybe it's a, uh, it's a health issue that's come up. And we can be around people but still feel like we're all alone. And I don't want you to feel that way. And that's the reason we're going to study the Psalms to help you and I uh, capture what David did. Remember when he came to Ziklag and the, the place is burned and his family's gone, uh, he sits down and he does what? He encourages himself in the Lord. That's what I want through all these studies of the Psalms, everybody in this room to be able to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean if you're married, your husband doesn't encourage you as a wife. It uh, doesn't mean the wife doesn't encourage a husband. It doesn't mean we don't encourage our children. But spiritual growth takes us from needing people to help us to being able to stand alone and do what God wants us to do with joy in the difficult circumstances. 
Now, if you have your Bible, Psalm 107, uh, this is the psalm, a psalm of thanksgiving. But it's broken into different parts, and you're going to see why he is thankful in these different parts. I want you to notice this. Uh, notice with me, if you would. Uh, uh, look in Psalm, one, uh, psalm 107, 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Now, folks, that's the fundamental issue that you and I have to get in our minds. No matter what's happening to us, no matter how dark it is, our God is good. He's intrinsically good. It is his nature to be good. Ours is not. Our nature is to pay people back. Our nature is revenge. Our nature is uh, selfish. If I only had this, I could be happy. God's nature is goodness. He wants to be good to everybody, sinner and saint alike. He wants to be good. His nature is to be good to us. There are things that we do that prevent his goodness being shown to us. But you're going to see in this passage that we all ought to be encouraged mightily. I want you to notice in verse 43, we'll end up here, but I want you to see, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. That's the goal of these 43 verses is that you would understand the goodness of the Lord expressed in His loving kindness to all of us. How many of you have ever had a down day where you just felt like the old devil sat up here and says, what's the use? Anybody ever like that? I think it's all of us. Um, now, Brother Don's had more of, a, more of them than uh, all of us because he's approaching 100, I think it is. And so uh, we, we can rejoice, and all of us can say, uh, look, you know, we've, we've, we've had some difficult days. The older we grow, uh, it's not that we're going to avoid those days. It's how do we handle them. And that's what David learned sitting on the rock. The Lord is my shepherd. He is good to me. And if you don't get in your mind, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to convince your heart that the God of heaven is good in his heart, and that he loves to be good to you and I, then we just have to get in the position of blessing where God can be good to us. It doesn't mean that everything goes perfect. It just means that he stands with us and we're strong in difficult circumstances. So let's go through Psalm 107. Notice, if you would, in verse number 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And here it is. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. <coughs> now, we look at, David's looking at the enemy. It could be the lion and the bear. It could be Saul. It could be the Amalekites. But we don't have the Amalekites here. We don't have the lion and the bear here. But we have discouragement. We have people that may talk about us or say something. We have people that may do something to us. And in theory, they're our enemies. Remember, Jesus said, love your enemies. Well, an enemy is someone that, uh, that doesn't like Christians. It's someone that, likes to, that wants to pay people back. It's someone that says, uh, why is it you don't love everybody, no matter what their sexual orientation is? Why is it you don't love them? We do love them. But yeah, but why don't you accept them? And, and uh, did you hear that Loudoun County, and I, I have to check this out, but somebody told me this past week that Loudoun County Board of Supervisors voted, or the board, school board voted, 
They could go in any bathroom you wanted, no matter what your sexual orientation is. Junior high, high school. Can you imagine the difficulty that could cause? But somehow our society has lost track of the standards that God has set up. Notice, if you would, in verse number 3, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them, and then they cried. Now, you're going to find in these psalms that certain things happen. This, this, this part from 107 to 1, to 1 to 7 is about an enemy, someone that's after you or someone that doesn't like you. And so we may wander around and find, why is it, what can I do about that person? What can I, what can I say about that person? Maybe you, uh, um, uh, you, you know, that person has said something about you that's not true, or, or maybe there's something going on. Uh, maybe the old devil has, has got somebody at work that's after you and after your job or trying to prevent you from a promotion. There's an enemy. There's someone that's against you. Enemy against. So someone's against you. Uh, they're against your upper, uh, your, your upper movement in the company. They're against you uh, maybe getting a raise or a bonus. Or there are just, there's just something going on between you and somebody else. It may be caused by you, may have done nothing that you did wrong. But you'll notice he says, when you're hungry and when you're thirsty in verse 5, their soul fainted in them. If we don't run to the Lord, if we don't say, Lord, I know you're good. And I know you're good to me. And I know your, your desire is to be good to me. Help me to be in the position of you giving your goodness to me. So his soul fainted. Notice what he does. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And folks, that's going to be a theme through all of this, okay? I can just see David, uh, the, the lion, grabbing a lamb and, and, the Lord, and David saying, Oh, Lord, help me. i got to go get that lamb back. And the Lord allows him to defeat the lion and then defeat the bear. And then, Oh, Lord, help me. Uh, there's Goliath. Somebody's got to go fight him. Lord, I'll do it. Um, Lord, help me. So there's a cry to the Lord, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a 30-minute prayer. It can be, Lord, I need you today. Do you know Daniel <clears throat> had enemies? But it didn't affect his spirit. And folks, that's what I want all of us today to do. I want Temple Baptist Church to be the place of the most joyful people in the face of the earth, no matter what. But that can't happen unless we learn to go to the Lord. Unless we encourage ourselves in the Lord no matter what. The first seven verses are about an enemy. Someone that doesn't like us. Uh, but he says, they cry unto me and I'll answer them. Notice what he says. They cried to me, uh, uh, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. A stress, a distress is something that's sort of like between two rocks. It's a tight place. You can't seem to move the two rocks. So what does God do? He does it for you. And so when we trust him, he is good to us. There have been times, and I have no idea how the Lord has done it, but he's just blessed us when I could see no way out. Um, uh, let me just say this to you. How many of you have heard of ERC? Okay. Um, ERC is government program to help people that lost money, uh, companies that lost money during the pandemic. Now, I want you to listen to this. How many of you have heard of PPP? Okay. That was the same thing. It was just to help us get through it. Well, now, I'm not opposed to taking free money as long as there's no strings attached to it. How many of y'all? 
There's just not any of that around. Well, okay. Well, the government now has said, okay, there's ERC money. Well, I'm not necessarily the first one to jump on the bandwagon, okay? I was with PPP money because it made sense. We checked it out uh, with an attorney, and yes, it was legit. No strings attached. But this ERC money, I don't want to watch it for a little bit. Well, Dominion got $600,000 from the government to make up for the losses. So when they got their checks, I said, okay, we'll try it. Did you know two weeks ago, the same gentleman that does this for a living helps people get through the paperwork. It takes, I think there's three people worked on it for two weeks to fill out the paperwork. Um, But we're supposed to get 620 now, we've been praying, Lord, would you provide for this? Would you provide for that? We just really don't want to owe that much debt, Lord. We'd like to pay the debt down. And, and so they went through and saw the losses and said, we'll figure it out. And end result is, how does that happen? That the Lord would grant us such a blessing. How does it happen that we, we needed the, the funds when we sold our, our church uh, our land, we got the $15 million from the first payment, and we owed $11 million more, and the developer couldn't get through the county, and it cost him two months, and we had a contract in there. If you're late, you pay us so much per, per, per day, and we ended up getting another quarter million for free. And do you remember when we signed the contract, we owed the realtors uh, $1 million. It was on the $26 million. Well, you find out that's about 4.5%. So he was, they were being good to us, not charging us 6%. And, uh, and then we sort of made friends with them. And the gentleman that came to church and his family came to church with him. And he enjoyed our church. And the Lord spoke to his heart. And he says, oh, I said, don't give us a million. Just give us 800000 Just drop 200000 Who does that? Well, as you see prices going up, the Lord says, hey, here's a couple hundred. Here's another 500. Here's another. The Lord can do anything. No one can plan on the goodness of the Lord. And you and I shouldn't count on it. We should count on him taking care of us however he sees fit. But the Lord can do anything if we learn to cry out and say, Lord, Help me with this enemy. Now, notice, if you would, the next one. Look in, in, in verse number, he de- delivers from the enemy. Uh, look, if you would, in verse number 10. Uh, verse number nine, verse number 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So we learn to praise the Lord for his goodness and how that's distributed to us in wonderful works. But you'll notice in verse 9, he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Now, you have to know that. The world commits suicide because they don't think there's any hope. We as God's children always have hope because our God is filled with goodness. It's his nature. And he's going to be good to you and I if we trust him. If we say, Lord, I need you. Notice the wording. Uh, verse 9. He satisfieth the longing soul. Which one? The one that cries out to me. He says, I will take care of it. Satisfied, I'll meet the need. Notice, 
in verse number 10. Now, now, now get this. We, 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 we like the verse 9, but we don't see the verse 10, the passage after. Look at this. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Now, you can tell who writes this. David said, yea, do I walk through the valley of the... There's the same wording. And so, if you remember in the Psalm 23, the shadow of death was he would walk down a narrow paths of goat trails with his sheep, and up above would be perched a, a, wild, a mountain lion or or a uh, some uh, predator, uh, and so they would work their way down and watch the predator as they're going to see. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow? His shadow shines over as I'm walking, and he says, "Wow, I'm watching it, Lord." And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. How is that the possibility? Because I know He's good, and nothing can happen to me unless He says it's okay, as long as I'm in the position of God's blessing. Now, notice with me, if you would keep reading, he said, being bound in affliction and iron, giving the idea there's no way out. I'm bound with iron. Uh, I've shackled. Now, notice, this is the part we don't get in verse 9 through 13. When we've strayed. Now, listen to this. This ought to help all of us. Because they rebelled against the Word of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. You know what he's saying? In verses 9 through, um, through 15, it's when we've strayed away from the Lord. He said, look, when you're in darkness and it's your own fault. Anybody here ever messed up and you got yourself in a bad spot yourself? And, and you say, oh, my goodness, the Lord's not going to help me now. Look what he says in verse number 12, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. In other words, he caused us to get the fruit of our labors. Watch, they fell down, there was none to help. And so what happens is we get outside the position of God's blessing, and then all of a sudden things begin to happen. The fruit of our sin comes, and we have to pay the piper. Well, notice if you would, verse 13, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Even when we mess up, God is good. And you got to understand that. All of us. Yes, we want to live right. We want to do what's right. But it, it, there's still hope when we step out of line. Now, if you and I step out of line on purpose, do you know what happens? Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We may not get through this psalm this morning, because it's so rich, but I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> Notice this. I want you to see this verse. Keep in mind, there are two ways to sin, accidental and on purpose. What happens when we sin on purpose? Now, I want you to see the goodness of God in all this. You got to see the goodness of God in all this. Okay? Watch this. Verse 26. For if we sin willfully, <clears throat> after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You may know what that means. Jesus doesn't have to go back and die again. The debt's already paid. It's still paid. Even when you and I sin on purpose. Now, look at me. Everybody look up this way. How many of you have ever sinned on purpose? 
all of us. We allow some feeling of bitterness in our heart for that long. We allow, boy, I'd like to pay that guy back. Uh, you know, I, I kind of use the illustration sometimes. <clears throat> How many of you are driving and you see the guy on the motorcycle? You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? In and out of traffic. I had two or three of them last week. Um, and, you know, it would just like, to, how many have ever had the thought, if I just um, open my door for a minute? You know. Now, you're not thinking about the result. It's just that it'd teach that guy a lesson. Well, you'd lose your door, you'd be in all kinds of trouble, and, and blah, blah, blah. But the thought is there, and so we sinned on purpose. We, we just let something happen. Or, or I, I like to, you know, and so uh, if we sin willfully after we've been saved, notice what he says uh, in verse number 27, but a certain fearful looking of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. In other words, the Lord's going to allow us to have the fruit of our sin. He's going to punish us. But you'll notice, look over in verse number, uh, verse number uh, 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of living God. But I want you to see the last phrase of verse 30. The Lord shall judge his people. We're still his child. He's going to judge us. But now, go back to Psalm 107. And you see how this plays out. Okay, verse 11. Because they rebelled against the words of the Lord. In other words, we knew what was right. We did the wrong thing. How many of you ever said something to somebody because it felt good at the time? Okay? I mean, you, you gave them a piece of your mind. And nobody should do that because our minds are not so many pieces that we can afford to give some of them away. But we say, I want to give somebody a piece of my mind. And uh, uh, sort of a term like, uh, I'm going to tell her what I think. I'm going to tell him what I think. Um, they rebelled against me. They knew what was right. They didn't do it. There's two fruits. We receive the punishment of our sin. Sometimes we're separated from that person. Uh, we, we ruin a, a relationship, a fellowship. What do we do? Leave it that way? The second we come back to the Lord, look in verse 13. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands asunder. The second we say, Lord, I am sorry, I shouldn't have done that, his goodness rushes in. And he says, welcome back. Isn't that a wonderful God? No matter what I do, I have a, I have a feeling of like I could throw my door open and, and stop that guy from sailing down this dead. Lord, I'm sorry for that. And his goodness comes rushing back and says, okay, it's forgiven. Uh, I like to, uh, whatever you might feel about it. Uh, uh, but when you and I say, Lord, I'm sorry, they, we cry to the Lord, his goodness comes rushing back. And notice, if you would, in verse number, uh, verse number 15, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. This psalm could be entitled the goodness of God. But you and I can't get out of the darkness unless we know in our heart of hearts that God is good. He's always good. He's good to us to let us have the fruit of our sin. Why? We won't do it again the second time, maybe. How many of you have ever done something? Uh, <clears throat> I, I've told you, you know, I have a scar on my hand when I was uh, on a rooftop 
uh, sawing a hole for a pipe to go through, and I wasn't paying attention, and I sawed my hand. Now, that was stupid. Do you know how many times I've done that? Once. Because I learned the lesson. Okay? If I could kept doing it time after time, eventually I would have done it again. And maybe I'd have pulled my hand up and fell off the roof. So God was good to me. Just let me just cut my hand a little bit. It healed up. Good. Um, I told you, you know, you're, you're hammering away, and, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, you're using a jackhammer, uh, and, and your jackhammer, all of a sudden, a piece flies up, and you don't have on your glasses. And you get a little piece in your eye, and you learn a lesson. Oh, all I had to do was wear glasses, and it wouldn't have happened. Anybody ever done something like that? Okay, and you say, oh. And the Lord allows us to learn a little lesson. Sometimes it's bigger because we didn't learn the first three little lessons. But the goal is for God to help us learn the lesson of not for if we sin willfully. Help us, Lord. Help me never to sin willfully. And that's my prayer. Lord, help me never to do something on purpose that I know you don't want me to do. That's spiritual growth, folks. Everybody in this room that's been saved 10 or 15 years ought to at least be at the level, Lord, I don't want to do something I know you don't want me to do. All of us should be there. Now, the question is, <clears throat> do we heed that? But that ought to be all of our goals. Lord, I, I, how many of you can you tell me between a husband and wife, what's the camp command? Love your husband, love your wife, Titus 2. Uh, l- husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. I, I'm still working at that. That's a hard thing to do. He died for us. So that means you keep working to love your wife more. Now, if you ever get to the point where she doesn't do something right, and you, in your heart, uh, on purpose, say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep a distance. I'm not going to talk to her. I'm not going to. You do whatever. You're not doing what Ephesians 5 says. So we sin willfully. Now, I didn't on purpose say, I know what God says, but I'm not going to do it. But what we do is we ignore what God says by either not spending enough time with the Lord, and so we don't really know what God says. It's not front and center in our mind, or we know it and we get so angry it gets put to the backside. Now, if someone commits an act <clears throat> that they plan to do, that's first degree. Am I correct? We have some attorneys here. Okay. Um, If I commit an act that maybe I didn't plan to do, it just happened to be a spur of the moment, that's usually second degree. And therein is a lot of battle in court on is it first degree or is it second degree? Or is it manslaughter? You know, no plan at all. I I was driving my car and the guy, I looked down, uh, I was on my cell phone, I hit somebody, I didn't intend to do it. And then again, I see a guy on the side of the road, he's worth 20 points, I'm going to get him, okay? Now, that, that's purposeful, okay? That's, that, that's murder or that's uh, whatever. So the, the motive makes all the difference. For Christians, as we begin to grow, our motive should grow and grow with us to where the point is we never want to do something that displeases the Lord. That's spiritual growth. And then another step of growth is when we're able to do the things we want to do. So notice with me, if you would, very quickly, I've only gotten through a couple of points of the message, uh, but but I want you to notice, if you would, um, look in verse uh, 15, uh, the last phrase, for his wonderful works to the children of men. 
you have to know that God's nature is goodness, and his nature is to be good to us. He loves to be good to his people. So notice, verse 16, For he hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron and sunder, fools because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities are afflicted. A foolish person is someone that doesn't consider the Lord. Uh, it, it, it literally is someone that doesn't consider what the Lord said, or they don't want to know what he said. He's a fool. So notice this. Verse 18, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, spiritual stuff. They draw near into the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them. Even the foolish person, God says, I'll save. I'll forgive. Now, that's goodness. That's goodness. And notice, if you would, uh, in verse number 20, he sent his word and healed them. He even healed up their wounds and delivered them from their destructions. Now, today... You have to know that God is good. You have to know that. And you have to know that God is good to you. But we ought to learn the lessons from the mistakes that we make. It makes us much more spiritual. As we begin to grow in the Lord. Uh, notice, if you would, <clears throat> in verse number 43, whoso is wise and will observe these things. You are wise and observant, and you know that God is good, and you see that God is good from his works. Notice what he says. Even they shall understand. Now they get it. It's not just they know it from a cerebral knowledge. They get it from their heart. God will help me when I need it. Even if I don't deserve it, as long as I have the courage to say I'm sorry and repair it. If we sin willfully, he'll forgive me. If I sin foolishly, he'll forgive me. But what would he do if I used wisdom and knowledge and didn't sin? Wow. What a wonderful life, a healthy life. Well, notice he says, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Folks, if you do what's right, you're going to understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> you know, we went on a missions trip uh, to Dominican, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, you learn when you're on a construction site, you have to be very watchful. I mean, there's boards with nails turned the wrong way. How many of you ever stepped on a nail? Okay. Uh, the nail turned the wrong way. So you learn, if I'm walking through a house, I'll turn the nails over. I just try to turn. And I just wonder, why in the world people don't watch for that? Well, they just take a hammer and take a mistake and knock it out, leave it laying there on the floor. Um, or they're, they're, they're going through without thinking about things some. If we're thinking about what we're doing. So in the Dominican, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. Uh, I, I was trying quickly to get the roof panel up onto the other side of the roof so that we could finish the roof on that church we were building for Eric and Holly. Um, and I loved the work, and I loved to be a part of the guys. And, and so Nathan handed it up, and I got it, and I pulled it up. And you're going to, I'm being careful not to fall off the roof. But I get up, and this is my normal habit. I'm trying to do things quickly, not because, I don't know why. I guess just my nature to do things a little quicker than 
then I don't know, just try to get things done. And so I take that board and I flip it like that and I turn. Now, I wasn't, it, it was dumb. It was foolish. Now they know what can happen. And so, you know, put that cut on my, my leg, 17 stitches. And the worst part about it was my wife. She made me lay on my back. The doctor said, don't move for a couple of days. And she made me do that. All the guys wouldn't let me do anything. It was miserable. And, 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 and so now, uh, every morning I get up and pull on my socks, guess what? From that cut down, there's no feeling. It healed beautifully. No issues at all. But in my mind, okay, you can get a cut. And when I got the cut, I said, it'll heal back up. They put the stitches in. I said, it'll heal back up. Let me go back to work. And we'll work. Well, no, be patient. The nerves never went back. Now, I don't know if they will or not. It's been a while, but there's there just that a really ill feeling. I mean, a bad feeling. If I touch it against something, uh, that was dumb. If I touch it against, remember that dumb thing you did. So guess what? Uh, from here on out, I'm going to try to be a little more careful when I'm, when I'm doing things like that. But if I would have been wise, it would have never happened. So we can be two ways. I know that God is good. Lord, you healed it up. I didn't get an infection. I'm so grateful but I still carry the reminder. And all of us carry the reminders when we don't trust him, when we don't think, Lord, how do you want me to do things? So tonight, today, I just remind you, be wise and remember this. He is always good and he loves you. Father, thank you today for being such a great God. Lord, we just don't realize what you're like. Until we see you, we'll never know your great goodness. Lord, I pray that you're blessed today. Bless your word, the service to follow. Help people to see from Psalm 7 that your word that it be praised. In your name we pray. Amen. Dismissed. you got about 20 minutes. Go into the choir loft right up here if you're a summer choir. Uh, you can grab a cup of coffee in the back. Thank you for coming today. Lord bless you. Great guest, will you?